Welcome to Comics Culture Catastrophe, the only podcast source for all three of those things simultaneously in real time. As usual, I am your host, Goose, and I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Today I'm going to be rambling about my favorite media franchise of all time. It has a weird name, a weird plot, and even weirder commentary on its own audience. We love self-aware media, don't we folks? Neon Genesis Evangelion is a sleeping giant in the world of media franchises that quietly consumes a huge portion of Japan's expendable income every year. What started as a 25-episode anime with an eventual movie finale quickly became a merchandise icon. If you wanted, you could essentially buy everything needed to live a comfortable, modern life and have it be Evangelion-themed. Coffee, watches, bath mats, phone chargers, wall clocks, lamps, sunglasses. From the outside, this franchise might come off as consumerist and potentially vapid. But if you actually watch the original work, all of that merchandise becomes infinitely confusing. First off, Evangelion is undoubtedly divisive. It has a fairly annoying cult fandom here in the West, and anime connoisseurs never shut up about whether it's the best animated story to ever come out of Japan or the worst. Even as someone who loves the show, I don't really have a stance to defend, I just like it, and it was exactly what I needed in my life when it randomly showed up in my Netflix feed. Context is important here. The creator of the show, Hideaki Anno, was admittedly very depressed during the development of the story. It is a huge part of the bigger picture, and open up opens up a lot of ideas about the nature of expression and storytelling. Anyways, I was also depressed when I watched this show. In fact, in a lot of the same ways that the creator seemed to have been. If you're the type of person who just naturally thinks about things more than necessary, you can be unhappy no matter where you are, who you're surrounded by, and how good you've got it. For me, I was on the brink of realizing that I needed to pursue art and storytelling if I wanted any chance at feeling fulfilled. But what they don't teach you in school is that the existential horrors of reality and the distance between even the closest of relationships cannot be solved with a nice little career. Inner peace does not come so easily to all of us. Not everyone experiences existential dread. Many people have spiritual answers, or philosophical safety nets, or just innate defenses against the feeling. For those of us who don't have any of those things, existence is just kind of scary. Life is just as terrifying as death. The pursuit of personal meaning can start to feel like an excuse or a distraction. The whole point of the sensation is that it doesn't feel like there's an answer. And it's very easy easy to spiral into despair, feeling this way. If you don't already have this issue, finishing Evangelion may make you. Evangelion sculpts existential dread using multiple tools, with social discord, the vulnerability of growing up alone, parental abuse, body horror, aliens, prophecy, interdimensional travel, and the burden of saving the world by undoing it. 
one of the most interesting aspects of Evangelion is that it heavily uses Christian imagery, beyond just the name evoking evangelicalism. Crucifixes are a common visual leitmotif. Technologies are named after Bible figures, aliens are angels, so on. To a somewhat less obvious extent, the Kabbalah inspires some plot devices and images. Time and time again, Anno has stated that these were all simply visuals he found interesting, and no commentary was implied. As far as I can tell, Anno just thought the mythology was cool and wanted to build off those ideas in a new, bizarre way. For me, it all adds to that existential dread, but I know for some people it just makes things more confusing. As you watch the protagonist, Shinji, basically act like a normal kid and not at all like a regular protagonist, you'll either hate him or love him. To a lot of my friends, he's just a whiny punk. To me, he's hardly even a character and more just a direct depiction of what a depressed teen actually looks like. That's why I love him. He's the anchor for realism in a show defined by giant robots and aliens. Maybe it's just because I'm also a whiny depressed kid, but... Shinji is vital to why Evangelion is so capable as an exploration of meaning and existence. If he was a typical hero, a hero at all, there would need to be win conditions and loss conditions to the story. Reality doesn't have win and lose conditions, at least not in an existential sense. It's our jobs as experiential components of reality to define these win and lose conditions. We define what failure and success mean to us. But these concepts are undeniably influenced by everyone else around us. It is not only our decision to make. Shinji experiences loneliness and finds failure in his father's disapproval and abandonment. He finds success in the only other person around who is his age and who has parental issues too even though they make her borderline abusive. Ultimately, Anno gave us two original endings, two ways that he saw himself approach the threshold of mortality, existence, presence. In the first, the show's ending, Shinji essentially wills everything he wants and needs into existence in an instant, just by having a revelation in the middle of a mental breakdown. This ending feels off to most people, and it might have been influenced by a drained animation budget, and it's often disregarded outside of the memes it generated. The second ending, the one in the movie, is a cluster bomb of even more body horror and existential catastrophe. The final scene of the movie is one of the greatest and most bizarre examples of animation ever. But after all is said and done, Shinji's fine. The world can end, and as long as he has himself and at least one other person, he's around to persist. While I can hardly even scratch at how this all plays out, how all this messaging transfers from robots fighting on your screen to you questioning your place in the ever-expanding void of space, but it does. And the whole time you're reevaluating your life, you'll also be wishing there were more fight scenes. (laughs) 
Since Evangelion is my favorite anime, what I recommend is the original show first, then its finale film, End of Evangelion. These are both subbed and dubbed on Netflix currently. If it really ends up enrapturing you, I suggest researching the reboot films before trying them. They're a bit much, um, very caught up in techno jargon, and they forego a lot of the emotional story until the final movie. The final movie is great though, and I may have to do an episode just on that one later. My deepest thanks to Mr. Hideaki Anno, and I really hope his Shin Ultraman release turns out as good as it looks. Anyways, this is Goose. See you in the next rant. Thank you.